Welcome to the latest episode of Five on the Floor and the Five Reasons Sports Network. Thanks for joining us on your favorite podcast app. We're now on Red Circle as well as Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, also on the Five Reasons YouTube channel. Make sure you hit the like and subscribe buttons. Also, check out FiveReasonsSports.com. Spell that one out. Also, make sure you use our product code. It's 5RSN. You can use that for both Therapist Preferred. That's premium CBD, the tincture, the sports cream, the gummies for recovery and for sleep. And at Manscaped.com for all the grooming products, the razors, the deodorant, and more. You can use that code 5RSN to get 20% off at Manscaped. 25% off at TherapistPreferred.com, 20% off at Manscaped.com. And now, from FTX Arena, the latest episode of Five on the Floor. Down to this game. Uh, five on the floor, ride for my dogs. Where here's the thing, you can check the score. Hustle hard, couple scars, wearing bubble frogs. Just like Buck said, you in trouble, y'all. Kept the floor playing, got an all band. Y'all seen the block, stop with one hand. And Pat, we trust, it's power, have the guts. We're here to bring the heat, y'all can hang it up. Welcome to Five on the Floor, a daily insider show on the Miami Heat and the NBA featuring Ethan Skolnick, Greg Sylvander, and Alex Toledo, plus others from the Five Reasons Sports Network. Welcome back to Five on the Floor. I am your host, Greg Sylvander. With me on tonight's episode, live from the FTX Arena, following uh, the Miami Heat's loss, preseason loss to the Minnesota Timberwolves. We have Alex Toledo. You can follow him on Twitter at Tropical Blanket. It is just he and I. Uh, tonight's floor plan, we are going to uh, break down the first preseason game of the 2022-2023 Miami Heat season. They lose 121-111 to the Minnesota Timberwolves. Obviously, this is much a dress rehearsal. There was no Rudy Gobert, no... Carl Anthony Towns for the Minnesota Timberwolves. There was no Jimmy Butler, Victor Oladipo, um, and someone else that I'm forgetting. Alex, help me out. Who the hell else didn't play for the Heat? Gabe Vincent. Thank you. I was wondering why he wasn't in the scrimmage. Now we know. They were both, Depot and him, were resting, it felt felt like, unless I missed that. Um, But we did get to see some guys, right? So we got to see Anthony Edwards. Uh, we got to see a lot of the young talent that I think is going to surround those big, uh, the the twin towers in Minnesota. And then we saw some things from Miami that I thought was interesting. Uh, and this is where we're going to start, Alex. And I'd love for you to kind of give your initial feedback because you were in the building and I was so, so let, let's just give the listeners a, uh, a view into how Greg Sylvander figured out how to watch tonight's game. Um League Pass doesn't really give you preseason viewing. So I had to go searching the internet for a stream and that's never fun. So it was difficult. The pop-ups, y'all know that struggle. Um, so I, I was watching in and out, but the one thing I did see was an aggressive BAM out of bio. So I want to start there. And you know, I love that that above the break three-pointer as well. Um, Alex, what was your thoughts around BAM out of bio's approach to the game? Uh, I'm interested to hear offensive tweaks, things you saw from him that you thought uh, might translate and just your overall perception of Bam Adebayo after the first glimpse of this season? Well, it's interesting. I thought he looked really good out there, especially in the first half. I mean, he ended up finishing the game 9 of 17. So he's already he's already on on his way to 18 field goal attempts a game. So far, he's, he's um, you know, he, he's living up to what he said, what he promised. But no, really, I, I think um, we saw a lot of tonight of what it looked like last season when Jimmy wasn't on the floor, you just see the team play at a faster pace than normal. I just think guys are making 
quicker decisions. The ball was moving fast. Um, and I felt like most guys were moving on the floor. I feel like, you know, when, when throughout the whole game, and especially when Kyle was on the floor, it feels like things were moving fast. And that's kind of what I was looking to see, whether it was from Bam or anybody else. You know, we talked all summer about how they might look to lean um, heavier on the offensive side now, uh, given the way that the summer transpired. So um, it was good to see that, even though, you know, they didn't necessarily make a lot of shots. It was kind of an ugly game. There was some ugly turnovers, including from Bam. But I like what I would, his process, though. Like, he was making quicker decisions and I think was looking to score a little bit more often. You, we all saw him, you know, take that above the break three and make it. You know, as Brady mentioned on last night's five on the floor, he likes taking um, shots in rhythm, and that's pretty much the same way he got it there. Look, if he's actually going to do that during the regular season, even if it's one a game, I think that's a nice step up for Bam. And, and if teams even have to think about it for half a second, that's already a step up because he's already such a threat as a roller. So that half a second of having to think about it, even though they're probably still going to let him take that shot every time until he really proved himself to be a shooter, it's it's nice, man. It's going to be nice to have that as a relief, especially, um, you know, when he's playing next to another big. And that's kind of my other thing is the way that Bam was able to still be so effective offensively um, even though he was playing with Yurt on, you know, a lot of the time when he was out there. So I just think, like, it was interesting. There, there was some awkward moments between the two of them as far as when they were playing together. Like, there was one time, I think, uh, Struess came off a dribble handoff or something, and he was kind of driving towards the rim. And you had both Omer and um, Bam rolling at the same time, <laughs> on, like, on opposite sides of, the, you know, opposite elbows. So that's stuff that I think, you know, you can figure out with more reps, and I think, you, you'll probably see more of um, the way they used to do it with Bam and Kelly or Bam and Myers, where you'll have the stretch big pop at the same time that Bam rolls to the rim. And I think, you know, Omer did a nice job. I know you asked me about Bam, but so much of Bam, I think, in his performance tonight, it's just me being really pleased with um, the way that he was able to be efficient as a scorer. And even though he had those two turnovers back to back, I like the way that he was just taking control and looking like, you know, one of the primary playmakers out there even with Kyle on the floor. So um, being able to do that with Omer taking up space um, and, you know, it's kind of a, a green flag, right? Like I said, the, the offense wasn't necessarily hitting on all cylinders or anything like that with all the guys who were missing. But I saw some good things from, from the way that Bam was able to contribute despite having another big there. And I think their minutes together, even though Omer finished with the team low, um, minus 19, which, you know. yeah. Individual plus minus is not necessarily the, the best way to judge games, but I do think Omer showed some stuff. The, the, the shot is a little quicker. Like I mentioned on the last night's show, he, it, it's, you know, it, he doesn't have the most arc on it, but um, he gets it off quicker, which is going to be good if he's going to be a spacing big next to Bam. I liked what I saw from Omer, man. Like he, he was getting post touches when he had a mismatch. He was taking the shot and not thinking about it. He's still pretty good as a guy who can receive it up top for handoffs. Like, I think there's some positives there. Yeah, no, I'm with you. I'm glad you actually, you're reading my mind because the next place I was going to go is the fact that Spo went with what everybody, oh, I don't know about everybody, but there's there's definitely a subset of the Miami Heat fan base that wants to see the two big lineup and they want to see what it looks like and they want to see how it would work. And he went to it. It's almost like he said, I know in the regular season, y'all got Twin Towers and Gobert and Cat. So this is what I would be starting if you were playing those guys. And I thought it was interesting. And on the on our off the floor subscriber feed, uh, you and Brady were both kind of articulating the ways that the Heat were able to 
still create space with both of them on the court very much by where they're placing players. And I think that that's uh, an interesting wrinkle going forward. And to close the loop on Bam before we kind of head on to the rest of the, the game, for me, it's that aggressiveness. It's like the fact that like he was not thinking about going up and taking shots. I'm taking nine of 17, nine of 18, nine of 19. I I'm in. Like, I, I like that kind of aggressiveness. So for me, um, even though there were a couple moments where he looked like he maybe was getting caught up with this dribble and stuff like that, the aggressiveness, I love it. Um, and yeah, the yurt stuff, he, he gets rebounds in his sleep. And I think they're going to find ways to, to, to make him work. I think it's pretty apparent that uh, he's ahead of Deadman in the pecking order. And I think that that's something Ethan kind of was uh, alluding to questioning whether it would be Deadman or Yurt that that rose to the occasion there. And I think they're going to rely on the young guy initially, but I don't want to read too much into the first game. Um, the next guy that we'll talk about before we go to break uh, is let's go with the, with the, with the big, ex, the big payday extension. Um, Mr. Tyler hero, 22 points in 26 minutes, seven of 14 from the field, six of six from the free throw line, two of five from three plus four in the box plus minus six rebounds, four assists, four turnovers. That's the black guy here. One steal. I liked his game. I felt like that there were moments where when Minnesota was acting like it was maybe the regular season, uh, they, you know, not blitz, that's too strong of a word, but they just, they got up in his yard and you could see he got a little uncomfortable at times. So that's going to be an ongoing thing to watch. I think I just inevitably am watching for that. But I thought for the most part, he got to his spots. Um, he looked sharp. The shot was there. He's doing other things. He looked engaged and involved, not picked on too much defensively, if at all. Um, am I wrong with any of that assessment? Am I going in the wrong direction on defense? Did I miss him not play well? Alex, what were your takeaways from Tyler Hero's performance? I'm pretty much on the same page as you. I think, um, you know, he had a good game. I think he really just gets to his spots with ease. And yeah, I, I also noticed a, a couple of times where they kind of um, played him a little bit tougher, especially when he was kind of like looking for a screen, people will start uh, coming up and not even letting him get to that screen because I think they realize how lethal he is, you know, once he comes off of that and the way that he can get to his spots off the screen. And I know he's talked about wanting to not have to use the screen as much going forward, but uh, that is, you know, one of his bread and butter, butter as far as actually getting to the spots. I think, you know, he had a really nice finish at the, you know, at the, at the rim there. I, I think he's just, you know, he does what he does. And I feel like all season and Ethan already said this on last night's show as well. It's just, going to be so weird to talk about Tyler now that he's gotten paid, you know, coming off of um, a bad playoffs before and after he got hurt. It's just going to be tough because he's never really going to get, um, I feel, the respect that he probably deserves until he actually does uh, show up and, and, and have great performances in the playoffs. And it feels like all, all this stuff that happens until then is just not going to count for Heat fans and for a lot of people watching, which sucks because we're talking about a 22 year old player, right? I think he's 22 and um, his development along the way, I think, you know, he develops fast and it, a lot of it turned into higher expectations and we've gone over this in the past, but I just think like now with Tyler, it's about trying to see who he really is. Is he more of the guy that he was in last year's regular season or is he more of the guy he was in last year's playoffs? And I, I like what I see from him. I just think he, he is a natural bucket getter 
and I, I'm expecting a bounce back season from him. He was playing real free out there. And I think, you know, another year, uh, another year now, more reps, more experience for Tyler. And that's the type of stuff that's going to be huge when you're actually talking about him coming up big in the playoffs. Cause it's like, it doesn't just happen in a vacuum. It happens after a whole season's worth of experience, a whole season's worth of lessons. And I know all of that kind of sounds a little bit corny, but it's, he's a young player who's, who just went through a really tough, uh, kind of an up and down season. When you look at how great of a regular season he had winning six man and then going through a rough playoffs. So, so true. I'm here, I'm here to live with, um, Tyler in the short term and, and really just see what's what's going on, man. I want to see the development. Now, th- there's definitely um, you're seeing that he he's ready for more usage. I think we all could see that. I think that, that it's a perfect opportunity for him. Like there's been a lot of talk of how Tyler is going to and he's even talked about it himself about um, like playing off the ball and how different it's going to be. I actually think for a lot of the regular season, he's not going to have to play off the ball. They need his ass on the ball to score as much as possible to get them through this damn regular season. They He's a shot maker and they need shot makers. So I, I don't buy as much the fact that um, he's going to have to be off the ball now playoff time. That's different. So they're going to need to integrate that and they're going to have to figure it out along the way. So there's definitely a learning curve there. But I think that they're going to need Tyler Hero to be pretty damn good on the ball. And I thought he was that for the most part tonight, four turnovers. I don't love the team had 15 turnovers. They were sloppy. It's the first preseason game. We're not going to take too much from it. Um, And speaking of not taking too much from it. um, When you look at Duncan Robinson and Max Struess, they were a combined two of 16 from the field and O of 10 from three. Y'all know what that's called, right? A disaster. And when a disaster strikes in your home or business, Water Cleanup of Florida is the company you need to go to. They are fully licensed, insured, and certified to provide the one-stop shopping that all busy homeowners and business owners require. No need to bring in any other contractors. They got you 24-7. If you have a water leak and you don't know where it's coming from, if you're dealing with water or mold damage in your home or business, you need to call Water Cleanup of Florida, 954 954- Five seven nine zero three five six for immediate assistance. That's Michael's personal cell nine five four five seven nine zero three five six. Over sixty years of combined experience. You need to get with Water Cleanup for leak detection, any uh, water damage issues. Service areas include Miami, Broward, and Palm Beach counties. Call Michael anytime on his personal cell. Again nine five four five seven nine zero three five six. Visit their website, wcufl.com. Follow them on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Check out their 70-plus five-star reviews on Google. That's Water Cleanup of Florida. If you have the schmutz, they have the guts. Okay. Um, so, yeah, I alluded to Max Struess and Duncan Robinson. That was ugly shooting. The Miami Heat shot ugly from three overall. We're looking at 28.6% from three-point land. As we saw last season, when they shot below, I forgot what the percent was, their, their league average, which was um, pretty high. It wasn't at first throughout the season at like 37%, but whenever that dips below, they have trouble. Um, should I be concerned with the shooting from the shooters? Because without the shooters, does any of this work at all? Um I don't think I should be. That's how I walk away from this. Is there anything you saw quickly just um, 
you know, in, in one minute or less things that you maybe saw from those two. Cause I don't want to spend too much time on the negative stuff. That's why I'm giving you a clock. That's the only reason. Mm -hmm. um, Duncan and Struess, should I be concerned that they couldn't hit the broad side of a barn tonight? Nah, nah. I actually liked what I saw from both of them as far as their offensive process. And I know I keep going back to that. It's just when shots go down, it's hard to go back and look at an offensive offensive process and say that, you know, it worked when the, you didn't get the result you wanted. But I thought, and you know, we've talked about this before, Duncan and Mack a lot of times are going to get run off the line when they're coming off a dribble handoff or when they're just running um, – around the three-point line, you know, doing their little routes that they do um, to receive the ball. Like, a lot of the times they're going to get run off, and I like what they do. Like, they, they've gotten used to reacting, and I think Duncan has always been a little bit better at this and just kind of reading the defense from there. He, he took a couple of attempts kind of in that in-between range where, you know, he gets run off the line, he gets maybe a foot in the paint and, you know, had that little two-handed runner, in, you know, in the mid-range. And I like that. I, like, it's just him reading and reacting to the game and – you know, I would like him to make more shots for sure. Same thing as Max Struess. But, like, those guys are shooters, and they talk about it plenty of times. We've talked about it plenty of times. They're going to have off-shooting nights. Tonight was very casual, very, uh, you know, fast-paced for the way they usually play. Like you said, kind of sloppy because um, I feel like they were just not as careful as they usually are. Maybe it's just a result. Jimmy not playing, you know, it's preseason. It's the first game. They actually also played last night, even though it doesn't really count. It's, you know still some mileage on the body. Like, I don't really take anything from that. I just like to see Max and Duncan reading and reacting to the defense. And both of them seem pretty confident out there. Like, I, I didn't think Duncan looked um, hesitant at all. And he just had that really, really ugly miss in the second half, which I think the last shot he took. So that's what I'm remembering now. But as far as before then, like, I actually liked what I saw from him. And Kyle Lowry? Because I, 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 I have to be Ready honest with you. So, so here's the thing to our listeners. Uh, I didn't love Kyle Lowry's training camp and I wasn't there and I didn't really see much of it. So I don't, I'm kind of like um, just going off the cuff here to say that, like, I just, there's a vibe about it that I just, I've been a little off about Kyle Lowry lately. I don't know if it has to do with the, the conditioning comments, maybe like, you know, I'm such a Riley loyalist that I just can't let it go, but I didn't like, I didn't like his game tonight. Um, am I fair to say that? Um, and this is the other thing. When you look at one assist, like, should I read into any of this at all with Kyle? And I know I've asked you this about every player, but this is the one guy that I was like hoping I would see like a different level of energy from almost more like Caleb, which is who I was going to go to next. Um, and I just didn't see it. Is this just a vet that's just going at his own speed and I need to leave it alone? Yeah, I definitely think between last night and tonight that he just he is cruising out there like he is he's on autopilot, man. It just looks obvious like you barely notice him out there, and like I really don't think he he's you know what I'm saying he, he's not even giving regular season effort. And we saw how in, in the regular season he could stray away from from taking shots, and he's already kind of conservative as it is. So he's even more conservative right now. Like I really think he's just out there to be out there setting guys up like you could tell he wouldn't have minded not taking a single shot throughout this whole game he only took three I, I don't take anything from it I think um, this is more of a game especially for the exhibit 10 guys guys who maybe won't get as much playing time to kind of show out and I, I'd almost want to talk about those guys more because I feel like Kyle just you know and, and Jimmy by the way was the same thing last night like I think both of those guys are 
they're just cruising through this part of the season. Like they're not going to waste a single bit of their stamina or whatever, you know, any physical play, they're not going to waste a single bit of that effort throughout, uh, you know, that scrimmage and preseason. See, that's probably the smart thing. It's better that that's what they're doing and they're not like overdoing it just so that Greg Sylvander's not concerned about Kyle Lowry and his salary this season and his play. Um, but I'm still interested uh, throughout this year. Um, I guess I'll, I'll give you this and then we're going to we're going to segue to the, the actual the rest of the guys, because I think there were some diamonds in the rough that um, there's a player specifically that I can't believe we've gone this long and I didn't mention him. Uh, but we're going to get to all those guys in a minute. But from you, Alex, 59 games, Kyle Lowry, does he go over or under 59 games played in the 2022 2023 regular season? My first instinct is over because he got he, – he did a little bit more than that last season despite all the stuff he was going through. And I know he didn't really have any injury issues throughout the season, so maybe he you know he could have some. Uh, my first instinct is to say over. I just think the way that he takes it easy in the regular season is more of a – you know, and I've said that about Jimmy too. I just think, like, they're not they, – they, I feel like they play at 80% of the effort that they, you know, play in the playoffs with. And I just think that's in general a lot of the way that um, stars play now. It's like they're kind of – pacing their, themselves throughout the regular season. But um, I think he is probably back in the early, you know, in the lower 60s, the way he was last season. Well, if you like the idea of picking over and, and unders, you need to go to prizepicks.com. It is daily fantasy made e easy. They'll match your first deposit up to $100 if you use the code FIVE. That's F-I-V-E. Use that code. You'll get your initial deposit matched up to $100. It is daily fantasy made easy. You just choose over and unders on all your favorite players, on all your favorite stats, whether it be points, rebounds, assists. They don't have games played. That was just me setting Alex up there for the Kyle Lowry talk and also this uh, read-in. Um, but you can do all kinds of NFL props. They have passing yards, rushing yards, receiving yards, interceptions, completions, all kinds of stuff like that. You choose your over and unders. Uh, you can win 10 times uh, you can win 10 times and even more, you get multipliers depending on how many uh, players, if you do power plays, flex plays, prize picks is available in 30 States, including DC and Canada. Um, go to prizepicks.com. They also have a great mobile app. Use the code five to get your initial deposit matched. All right. So the dude that I should have mentioned, and I got everyone on Twitter a stir about this, and this is kind of where we'll close is we're going to run through these guys. Haywood Highsmith. He gave me PJ Tucker vibes and everybody like came after me and said, he doesn't play like PJ Tucker. I just don't see it. Well, obviously he doesn't play exactly like PJ Tucker. I'm not stupid. It's like, I felt like the energy plays, the offensive rebounds, the just like being in the fray kind of moments, the energy and effort, the ability to like, pick spots on the floor where you can make an impact and you're not in the way. Those are all things PJ Tucker did well. And I felt like Haywood Highsmith kind of leaned into those things tonight in 18 minutes. He had seven points, three or five from the field, hit his one three point shot. We're not going to reference his box plus minus minus 17, four offensive rebounds. Uh, so that's part of what I was watching the eight rebounds and one steal. I liked what I saw from Haywood Highsmith. I liked what I saw from Marcus Garrett at times too. I thought they both flashed. Caleb, I, I skimmed by. He's a regular in the rotation. I think he starts at the four. Um, 
which of the guys, including Haywood Highsmith, really jumped out to you, if any, uh, from the, you know, kind of the Exhibit 10 uh, or better bench players? So Highsmith definitely stood out to me. And um, I think if you're going to throw a comp out for former Heat players in similar roles, maybe it's just because of the long, so the long uh, black socks he was wearing, but I was very much getting James Posey vibes from him. I like him. Uh, <laughs> you know, I, I do think it's probably just the long black socks because that's just the look that I associate with Posey when he was here, and I feel like nobody else has really done that. Maybe Jason Williams while he was here too, but that was white. But, um, yeah, it's a very distinct look. But as far as his actual game, um, I think, like, perimeter-wise, um, he looks like he's going to be, I think, this season's Caleb. I, I think he's going to be the guy who kind of stands out and is like, yeah, I like when this guy is on the floor. And, you know, a lot of fans not going to – not going to know his name uh, coming into the season the way that it was with Caleb last season. But yeah, like, I just think he's really solid out there and he's not as big or as far as acreage uh, with PJ Tucker, but he fills that role very nicely. Brady's talked about this a million times. He just fits really cleanly into that three and D mold of what they need right now. And even though he's a little small to play the floor, I think they're good with it, especially if they're going to be rolling out uh, two big lineups for Spurs throughout the game. So you're not always playing small. I think it makes more sense. Uh, I just think Highsmith is already advanced as a perimeter defender. Um, I would like to see what happens on the um, when he's on the floor uh, regarding rebounding because I do think he's a little small. But I, I love his instinct. I love the way he plays. He actually has thrown some advanced uh, skip passes over the past couple of nights, which I definitely was not expecting to see. I think there's been like three of them. I did not expect to see a single one. So. You know, he just seems like a very uh, smart player who has a good feel for the game. And, you know, he has some experience now. Like, uh, he, he's been around for a little while. I think he started off with the Sixers, as, as like, on their roster. He's not as young as some of these other guys. So he seems like he's next up in line. And, yeah, Caleb, um, again, stood out last night, stood out again tonight. I think the shot just looks a lot better. I mean, maybe I'm exaggerating because he had a good um, shooting season. But I just think, like, he looks very confident in it. It looks very fluid to me. And he's he's been really good shooting-wise over these past couple of nights. <clears throat> and Nikola Jovic, to me, is the other guy who I was really interested in seeing tonight. Too bad we only got to see him the past, you know, the last five or six minutes. But even then, I liked what I saw from Jovic in that playing time because he very much has, like, the game of a guard where he'll come off screens and um, go off the catch from there. He had a nice drive to the rim. Um, he likes to shoot it. He had to step back last night. I feel like he's just got a, a, a diverse offensive game that'll be really interesting to see the Heat mold because he's a different type of prospect than the Heat have had in the past. And like the seven-footer with a natural guard skill set, I, I, I'm interested to see how the Heat use him. I just don't expect to see him much this season, even though I would very much like to see that because I think you know, considering they need fours, I would not mind seeing Govich get some playing time as a first-round pick, even though he's skinny and 19 years old, and the Heat just don't do things that way. So I'm not even going to get my hopes up. But I do like what we saw. Like, I think for him to get more playing time, he has to show some stuff in the time he actually does play. And, and I think he didn't necessarily do that in the summer league, right, except that one game. And then tonight, I, I think he actually showed some stuff. It's like, okay, you know. Yeah, no, I'm with you. I'd see the flashes. You see the potential. He's super young. I actually think he's going to get a shot. There's going to be some stupid West Coast trip that they go on and they've, they're they down three bigs and some guy's sick and he's going to get to play a night. And, you know, like, because 
if we went through last season and we had um who were so we had a Kyle guy night if we had a Kyle guy night we're gonna have a Nikola Jovich night so um I, but to your point I don't think you're gonna see a ton of them but I do think that that is an interesting thing to continue to watch because he's a young prospect that Miami has held on to at a position of need. So hopefully as he continues to gain strength, speed of the game comes to him. That can be something that he can slide in. Cause offensively, I feel like it's a, he's the perfect fit next to bam, which I know has been such some, something everyone's been looking for. Um, but okay. We appreciate everyone riding with us for this very first five on the floor of the, I mean, it's officially the first five on the floor of the season because the preseason started tonight. We are happy to be back in, uh, not quite mid-season form, but we're getting there. Thank you for joining us. We'll have you covered the rest of the week for the rest of the Heat's preseason games. And um, check out podcasts on the off days. We'll have those coming as well. Good night. Thank you for listening to The Five on the Floor on the Five Regional Sports Network. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.